you know, it, it just showed them what, how they see their world and how they see a better world. And so, uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, reacted to seeing a world that was, uh, it was more environmental. Uh, you know, they saw, they put themselves like, you know, in a forest with water and, and this is the world they want to see for themselves. And these are fourth graders that did this project. Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Cassie Funmaker, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Tanya Vihil, who is an experienced and indigenous arts educator based out of Taos, New Mexico. I think you will enjoy our conversation about the arts and how they relate to wholesome indigenous healing. My favorite part of this podcast was when Tanya shared her perspective on how youth are navigating a post-2020 world and how the arts can help with that. Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and I am the founder of Living the Potential Network, and I'm your host today for this amazing podcast. After I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find ways to create spaces where people could actually hear what the youth have to say, and that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations where listening after listening to a, a youth dreams and aspirations and concerns, we connect them with an elder or a mentor who has experience and wisdom to share in the topic that our youth is most interested in and who's open to learning and from the innovative spirit of the youth. This is reciprocal learning at its best. Today, I always, well, today and always in these podcasts, I leave these conversations inspired and I think you will too. Today, I have a beautiful mentor and a wonderful youth advisor from Living the Potential in a conversation today. And the first person I'd like to welcome is Tanya Okanyas Vihil. And she is an amazing, wonderful woman that I met, had the pleasure of meeting in person in New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico. She's an Aztec dancer, a gallery director, and she's also an elementary school arts director as well as a curator. So she is very busy up to her purpose and passion on how to make a difference on this planet. So Tanya, welcome. And Cassie Funmaker is the youth that we'll be speaking with. And Cassie uh, has a a vision for sharing uh, indigenous wisdom in ways that can support healthy living um, bringing back what the indigenous people have always wanted to share and weren't always heard. So she's got a path for that. And this is a match that I would say is made in heaven. So let's start with you, Tanya. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I love knowing and uh, sharing your background because how did you um, become involved? As I love how you say you're a fifth generation of family that have been teaching you all along the importance of indigenous wisdom and all of the, uh, I think you have a blend of Mexican and Sp Spanish and native blend in your blood. And it's just really helped you design your life in a way that brings it all um, to the communities in which you work. So how did this all start? What, what's your earliest memory of being passionate about the things you're up to right now? Well, as a child, um, I was brought up by some very um, strong women, uh, women that were natural seers, women that were uh, very much of the earth and um, of uh, our tradition and culture here in northern New Mexico, uh, Taos. And so they really set out um, my footprints as, at a very early age by encouraging me to be part of um, this natural world that we live in and to respect it. Um, because uh, if I can respect myself, I can respect others. Um, if I can love myself, um, I can love others. And if I can take care of this earth, or myself rather, I can take care of this earth. So it was a real important uh, message that they put in um, in my, um, my memory as a child and especially the importance of how we connect to the natural world um, and um, to uh, also be very much uh, in balance and in frequency uh, with, uh, with the natural world. Yeah, beautiful. So it's, you had this influence around you that helped you really connect. There's this also a relationship between art, dance, and nature. It's like, it's been with you all along. Do you, can you reflect on some of those earliest memories that helped solidify who you were becoming, you know, from a little girl to where you are today? What are some of those, uh, you know, moments mm -hmm. that these amazing women helped you um, experience? Well, also as a child, um, I got to be around a, a family, especially my father. He was a jazz musician. So I, I got to be around a lot of musicians at a very younger age, uh, anywhere from jazz to flamenco. And uh, then I, um, I also uh, was introduced by both of my parents to appreciate art, uh, that everything in life was art, even the food that we created was art and uh, to appreciate the arts um, through dance, through music. And so at a very early age, again, I was really surrounded by a lot of artists and including my parents, which really gave me um, such an insight that um, not a lot of um, a lot of people have. And so I could say that I, I really did live it from being five years old and going to an old auditorium and seeing uh, these incredible uh, flamenco uh, guitarists playing to uh, Maria Benitez, who's one of our greatest dancers here in New Mexico. So all those impressions really stayed in, in my mind, but also the light here in Taos is incredible. And that's also what draws a lot of artists into our community. Absolutely. 
perfect. Um, but this idea of um, dance, you know, um, there was a moment in time when you were a young girl that you witnessed some dance that really impact made an imprint on you that fast forward as part of your life today. Could you tell us about your fascination with dance and how that came about? Well, yes. Um, also, um, I uh, have relatives uh, at the at our local uh, Taos Pueblo here as well, our village. And so as a child too, I would go out there with my relatives and witness a lot of the incredible indigenous dancing uh, that we have that is part of our community and our culture and our traditions here. And um, so um, I, I really felt the movement, but more importantly, I saw that it had such a significance to the corn, uh, to, the, um, to the animals, um, and, and that vibrational feeling of the dance and knowing that it's also a healing. Uh, later on, I was then also part of a, of a group that um, was a, a teatro group that came from San Jose and there were some Aztec dancers. Um, that came and uh, again, I was very, it was quite the impression for me to see this. And so I continued um, Aztec dancing and um, that's how my path grew into also um, being part of a larger circle uh, in, in the United States and Mexico. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you have a title of a Capitan. What is that all about? Yes, uh, a capitana, which is the feminine, but a capitana is a um, a, a, a person of uh, authority in a sense that uh, directs the group. Um, I'm part of a lineage of other dancers in Mexico, in Querétaro. And uh, so in a sense, the, the idea of um, this mar um, patriarchal sort of a of a of a setup is that we have the generales which are the generals um the capitanes which are the captains and uh the soldados which are the dancers um but um the capitan or capitana uh pretty much directs um the dance group that they um have formed. And the idea is to also um, every year uh, host a feast day of celebration and ceremony. And ours is St. James uh, of the Four Directions. But in 1990, by uh, several other uh, elders, I was made this Capitana. And I could say it also comes as a double-edged sword. <laughs> Right. But that's a blessing in a lot of ways, because some people who it's an indigenous uh, uh, ceremony and um, it relates what you say, the St. James of the Four Directions. And it's something about the indigenous wisdom that has emerged and celebrated in your life related to the dance. And then there's some other um, ways in which you keep that alive in your life. We're going to get to the elementary school project in a minute that's really taken the will be taking the world by storm if the listeners to this haven't heard about it you will but this idea of the native wisdom that's come through the dance and the music and the art you know what is that what are those rituals and practices that you think are really healing well um Again, um, I feel that uh, with the teachings, um, which are um, 
the teachings are, in a sense, a, a mix of Toltec, uh, Nawa, um, and it it is a, a post conquest. So uh, and um, so a lot of the uh, the ceremony and dances reflect um, the coexistence, really, of um, a lot of what existed when the Spanish came in and uh, conquered a lot of um, uh, South and, and Mexico and, and even North America. So it's it, it, it changed within time. And um, so it, it, it really does encompass both the naturalism and the Catholicism. So for three and a half days, for instance, with our ceremony that we celebrate with other dancers in Mexico, uh, it's uh, three and a half days, but it's, uh, again, balancing the naturalism and the Catholicism. So we know that underneath the churches are the pyramids that were built on top of them. And especially in Querétaro, it's amazing how many buildings were built on top of pyramids. But uh, the idea, too, is that uh, we're also paying respects uh, to our relatives, our ancestors um, that really gave their lives so that this uh, culture and tradition could coexist. Um, and so I, I feel it's a, um, a very important uh, continuation of, of, um, of energy and history and knowledge that um, could have very easily been wiped out. And so it still continues to coexist. Um, it's a way of healing the earth. It's also a way of healing uh, people that, um, especially uh, nowadays, um, the dance uh, really engulfs you, brings you in and can really help you balance. Uh, it's a form of medicine through the uh, type of uh, ayayotes that we wear on our feet, uh, to the rattles, to the drums. Um, and it's all art as well. We uh, also uh, very much have um, a lot of music and songs and um, pre-Columbian also music that um, is part of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and I'm witnessing, and I've been to Sundance ceremonies and so forth. I've never participated in any, I know you have, but there's something, it's magical. You know, some people look at it as entertainment and yet there's something larger going on. It, there's, like you said, a healing happening, not only for the dancers, but for the, for the people observing and being there and being a part of it. It impacts the community, whether they're aware of it or not, because it's in somehow celebrating the earth and the earth can feel it. And the native people are very aware of that. That's the part I feel that with colonization and all of it that's come in that's impacted uh, or stopped native wisdom being for being heard and seen and appreciated your work in this area is bringing back that awareness and maybe it's alive and well in taos uh, new mexico more so than any other place but i feel like if it's happening in one place it can happen in many places so i so appreciate the work that you're doing um, now this ties in like you said everything is art Everything is art. Your parents told you that, right? So fast mm -hmm. forward to the work that you're doing as an elementary school arts uh, director, um, coordinator. You recently have been in a project that really helped do the healing 
related to community, uh, related to the pandemic. Could you tell us a little bit about that project? Uh, yes, for the last 16 years, I've been uh, working with the uh, Taos Municipal Schools um, under the um, uh, direction and uh, through the New Mexico Public Education Department. But this particular grant that we receive is through the um, FAEA, which is the Education Act. And uh, so here in Taos, we um, are fortunate, uh, like other school districts that have that opportunity, the 89 here in, Ta in New Mexico, to tap into uh, a funding that is uh, uh, especially for uh, kinder through fifth uh, elementary arts students. I know we are branching in eventually to secondary. But uh, for the last 17 years, I've been coordinating this program. And my idea was to bring in artists uh, to uh, share a special component that they would not normally get through the art teachers, uh, which also we're very fortunate to have art teachers in our elementary schools. Um, because that was always left on to the classroom teacher. So students also have that opportunity to participate with art teachers. Uh, but my visiting artist program consists of artists coming in and teaching jewelry, belting, um, used glass, um, mosaic murals, printmaking, uh, music, dance, and theater. So we are under the four strands uh, which really is great because it's, uh, it, you know, the, the, the amount of um, talent that our students have, and some of them don't necessarily want to participate in singing or dancing or acting um, or, or doing art, but because there's those four strands, uh, some of them feel very comfortable in, in, in the various um, arts that we offer. But the elementary arts program also uh, gives kids the opportunity to, um, to also have a venue to show their arts, the visual arts and the performing. So this year we were so fortunate to uh, include this incredible book, which is our eighth one through the school district and published. Um, it's called La Tormenta de Taos. And the idea of La Tormenta was to, um, bring in, uh, first of all, tormenta means a storm. And we felt that the tormenta uh, was what we had been going through the last couple of years, which is COVID. And so we felt and we knew that students were going to come back. And, and uh, so we really wanted to recreate them going back into singing and dancing and music and acting and also uh, illustrating the uh, various uh, artwork for the book that was created and also based on healing, uh, on health and uh, knowing uh, how we as stewards of this land uh, can um, can bring this message not only through the animals because the story was based on a rabbit that took the message out to five other different animals but also that we can encourage uh, and be those stewards in our community and it can start at a very small community like Taos and expand, expand globally so I have um, every um, 
I have all the confidence that I know that that will happen. And I, we're very excited. There were three third grade classes that participated from our three different school sites. Uh, and so it, it just really was um, an incredible and beautiful event for our community. And it was a joint community effort as well. That's awesome. Well, part of it, what I noticed, and we've talked about this before, is through the pandemic and all the shifts and changes that were happening in schools, people felt isolated. Um, they couldn't come to school. And a lot of times um, in certain areas, they didn't have access to Wi-Fi, So they couldn't even actually access the work that the teachers wanted them to do from home. And the teachers were concerned as they wanted engagement. And then when school started back again, it was like, everybody felt like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's almost like we have to catch up to what we've missed. There's a lot of anxiety about all the precautions and so forth. So bringing this, this, uh, bringing the seven different artists in to uh, work in co-creating this play, it was like an opera, right? In other words, what do you think the third and fourth graders got from the experience? and their parents and teachers and so forth as a result of being there. Because it was, a, in my opinion, I wasn't able to be there, but the idea I thought was, it's the arts that integrates a new way of being in relationship with people. And it includes so many other subjects in the process. So this play <laughs> brought third and fourth graders together with these different strands of art uh, what did they take away and what do you think the community got as a result of the program? Well, um, I, I feel that a lot of uh, what what uh, the children experienced was pretty much already a memory. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting how they it's kind of inherent in them. But um, I felt that just even the songs, because the songs were in Spanish, um, brought them back to their childhood and their memory of their grandmother and grandparents. So we also wanted to make it intergenerational, which was really important. And we did do that by the uh, little Conejita who um, actually had her grandfather and her grandmother and um, uh, various other family members that were also part of the play. And uh, we also felt that, um, a lot of the ideas that uh, are not ideas, but the the actual um, oh advice that our ancestors gave us on on healing ourselves through the herbs and 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 you know a lot of the parents that that remembered that as well. I I, I just felt it was a very intergenerational combination from the activity of the parents to the students, but it was you know, they, they remembered a lot as well. And so um, I felt that students, just to hear them singing again and, and, and dancing and, and um, you know, just being really creative. And, and, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's a lot to be able to memorize these lines. And uh, especially because uh, the play is bilingual and the book is bilingual. So that was really great too, seeing students really, um, uh, some of them not knowing some of those words as well to, to hear it and to, to, to feel it. Because that's the other thing about art, that it's all an essence. Everything is an essence. And so you can feel it, you can taste it, and you can sense it. 
And so that's what was uh, really incredible about the play. Absolutely. So the whole community came out. And as a result, uh, I think this idea of La Tormenta de Taos is an idea that could actually grow to other locations. Um, the concept of bringing art together, um, you know, to different localities and where people could bring in their own regional aspects to it with what artists can bring to the classroom. It's very exciting to see this because we're living in the 21st century. We need to learn to collaborate in ways where art opens up the space for the communication, for the collaboration, for the critical thinking in community, which you say intergenerational was the magic that made it happen. The grandmas and the papas and the you know, baby sisters and everybody participating. And it just raised the bar on engagement. Right. So the enthusiasm for learning went up hugely. And I, and I, and I want to say, too, I don't I don't know if I mentioned this in, in any of our other uh, interviews, but I wanted to say that at the same time that we were performing this play at a very beautiful gallery here in Taos, we were looking off to our mountain range and we were literally on fire. There was a plume of smoke. And so a lot of us would just like gaze over there because it was getting closer to a lot of our uh, northern communities. And it was it was also giving us um, an idea and an impression of what was going on around us. So I just wanted to bring that in as well, because right. I know that just the community, just seeing all that going on at the same time, it was it was it was very interesting. Right. Exactly. Because there's. From the play, there's some, hey, let's remember what we need to do to be proactive in the middle of a storm, whether it's a pandemic or it's a fire. And it does take community to uh, work together to solve the issue. And you were being that with the, with the play. I love this, Tanya. There's so much more. We'll get more detail on the book and so forth. I want to bring up Cassie. If you liked what you heard and want to listen to the rest of this incredible conversation, you can do so by visiting livingthepotential.com forward slash membership and create a completely and forever free account with us. And if you're interested, check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, which you can also find at livingthepotential.com forward slash book. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.